So when you get your uh, station set up for us to come and record in person and we uh, start doing video, you're going to need props. And I've got lots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, behind me, I've got props, too, for the photos. Yeah. yeah, everybody's. Yeah, you know, we can do we can do photos at the same time. There's so many logistical uh, things that'll be really nice. But as you guys can see behind me, this whole space is like completely open, and obviously, all of this stuff is going to be gone. I'm going to have a couple shelves with um, some things that are going to kind of remain static. But yeah, I want there's going to be shell like high up shelves over here. There's going to be where that TV is. That's going to be off the wall. There's going to be a shelf over there. And I decided, because I was going to put a TV behind me, I'm actually going to put a TV up in this corner. So this is like the corner next Ooh. to my window. So like if you guys come over and we're doing a stream or something, we can have the TV up here and have like chat control and everything here on the computer. And then you can sit comfortably uh. with enough people so that we're all looking up at the screen. So it'll be a it'll be a pretty sweet setup. And then I figured we'll just bust out the table in the middle and then we can do that and it'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, so pro- props will be cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you display the big red monster, the, the virtual big, boy, the virtual boy. <laughs> <laughs> sure, man, I'll take I'll take a cool eye candy. It uh, doesn't mean that I'm gonna put my face up to it, but no, that's fine. Or power it <laughs> on. I was just looking around the other day and I was like, man, there's so much stuff that you could just like put on a shelf that would look cool. But yeah, and that's what I'm really excited about is. Um, it's always been my desk and then it's like, I'm looking at this and, and it's cool, but I have so much cool stuff that I can't really display. And so, um, you've got a lot of cool stuff to show off. Are you going to move the arcade one up upstairs? Yes. The arcade's going to be up here. Nice. Uh. Yeah. So it's going to be up here, um, and plugged in, um, probably not next to the heater vent, but somewhere. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Got to put up your, uh, coder statue. Yes. Yeah. Darth Malgus is going to be up. Yeah. Um, all, you know my Dragon Ball statues, of course. Uh, not Kotor, just Tor, of course. right? Yeah, just Tor. Oh, Tor. Sorry, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> How dare you, Zach? No Ko. How dare you? Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited. Um, the video thing. I'm worried about. We're just gonna do single webcam. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's it's gonna be a, a future thing, right? Like, I yeah. feel like it's not. Get, to start it'll be just like whatever but mm-hmm. at, as we get into it we can look into bar- maybe somebody has one we can borrow like a nicer camera or whatever yeah no i if think we should demand it let us know i th- i think that we should just do your original webcam from that first recording oh. <laughs> it's like a oh. 480p it's, little webcam it's this one yeah it's this one i know yeah i'm using it's not 480 it's 1080 i know it's uh it's only higher it's okay. res he because he didn't mean it. <laughs> your wife's <laughs> monitor is so bright; it just like does all of the work. It does all of the uh, the light, the lighting, and the balancing on its own. It, it's not all staticky now. I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's it just recovered. <laughs> it, was, it, it was sick. It was sick. <laughs> I got better. <laughs> I just watched Monty Python this weekend in the Holy Grail. Uh, so so good. It was funny. I was, you know, I've been telling Tally the whole plan. I'm like, yeah, we're going to record. We're going to record here. We'll have a breakdown table, all this stuff. She's like, yeah, yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. And then like a week later, she's like, hey, remember when you said that you guys are going to be recording at the house? I'm like, yeah. She's like, is that every Tuesday? I go, yeah, we record (laughs) weekly. And she goes, ah, shit. I already said yes, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) No take backsies. No take backsies.
Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Co-Hops Podcast, episode 38. Uh, I am your host for this one, Nick, and I am joined by Zach. Hello, everyone. And bringer of the beer this week, Garrett. Howdy. I don't know why. I don't know what I'm doing with my hands. <laughs> you were cradling. You're, you're modeling cradling. it for an audio-only <laughs> format. <laughs> Shut up. The people know. <laughs> Do they know or are they like, is he slow? Is he just no, not talking? They What's know. Happening? The people know. <laughs> <laughs> I have fan. Okay. Okay. Hold on. We have to get into something. And no, it's not a joke because uh, I didn't look one up. So that might get benched. But uh, Troy posted hmm. today in our discord this picture oh my god that brought that... me so much joy <laughs> you know i don't know what this is so you'll have to inform me who these characters are so it's it's a it's a meme and it says all podcasts have the same three people hosting it and the top character is the dad from uh oh my inside gosh out. What is this? inside out thank you the left character is al from toy story 2 and the right character is the kid, I can't remember his name, but the chef from Ratatouille. And I asked, when he posted it, I said, who's who? And Nick claimed the, the kid from Ratatouille is the youngest. And I was like, God damn it, that's just going to make me <laughs> owl by default. Because Garrett's beard is much, much better and matches this picture significantly more. <laughs> okay, so I should have recognized the other, the bottom two. I have not seen Inside Out, but I have seen the other two movies. But it makes sense that that not because of looks but because of character that zach is al because <laughs> he collects everything and anything and any everything under the sun and it lives in his house some of them in boxes and if they were to come alive and run away he would be very distraught oh, so yeah. i i asked kale at work i showed him the picture and i said all right you know all three of us who do you pick and he first one he points out is nick he goes yeah that one's nick and then he goes oh the one he knows. Yeah, the <laughs> he's like, yeah, that one's definitely Garrett. I'm like, God damn it, Kale. <laughs> <laughs> By process of elimination, you have to be Al. I, I guess I'm Al. So yeah, gotta, it's been double voted by the people uh, and by Kale. I got to get a wicked comb over and some glasses and a gross goatee now. So yeah, thanks everyone. You, you just have to sit in a, a white room and awkwardly dance like you're in the <laughs> "You Can Call Me Al" video. I'm not familiar with that, but no. I don't. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I'll look it up later. <laughs> it's great. It's the dorkiest, like, middle-aged white guy dancing you'll ever see. Mm. It's good. It's a good song, too. It's my but... kind of dancing. Mm. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Kale uh, did say the look on Al's face, which unfortunately you guys can't see. He's like, that's a Zach look. That's why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the meme's been around. I've seen it before, before this, and I was too embarrassed to say that I didn't know who any of those characters are. <laughs> I've never seen it before. It made me laugh. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's not wrong. But uh, one of the things that makes our podcast special and not like all those other ones that are also hosted <laughs> by three guys who look like us uh, is that we feature a beer every episode. And Garrett, you brought one from a brewery I have an affection for. So why don't you describe what we're drinking? Well, um, as I do with most of my beer picks these days, I was going down the beer aisle and I was going for a uh, look. I've, I've never had this before. Um, I saw a beer that uh, I fell in love with very early on in my beer, beer drinking days. Um, 
which is Moose Drool, but that's not the beer tonight. Uh, it's by the same brewery. It's Big Sky Brewing Company um, out of Missoula, Montana. And this particular one um, had a bear on it, but not just a bear, but like a bear in like an old timey, like men's one piece swimsuit. Like you'd um, see in Bioshock yeah. Infinite on the beach. <laughs> yeah. One of those blue and white striped ones. And th- great. this particular beer is called Summer Honey Seasonal Ale. And I was looking on the whole box for a description of it, what it was, and I couldn't. It, all it says all over it is summer honey seasonal ale with this uh, bear and a surfboard. Um, and then on the other side, it says loaded for bear uh, as well. <laughs> yeah. With you know, um, so anyway, good. Uh, I'm excited to try this. I've never tried this before. Uh, had some really cool art, and I like moose drool. So uh, hopefully, this yeah. is this is a winner. The art uh, on any of this stuff from Big Sky always makes me laugh because it's it's like way more detailed than beer art needs to be, and it always like makes me think of it's like something off like a Field and Stream hunting magazine cover. Yeah. Like that's that's what comes to mind for me. Yeah, it it has this sort of home style feel where like this is a print that you would buy from a local artist in like a gift store in some yeah, tiny exactly, town in Montana. Yeah. It's on a postcard somewhere, I guarantee it. So uh, before we go further into what we're thinking, we've all had a couple sips. Let me just kind of read the description off of their website about what this beer is about. So this, uh, like I said, it's a seasonal ale. Uh, It's only available from April to September. And the description is, here's the scoop about summer honey. It's a full flavored, (laughs) (laughs) refreshing summer seasonal. This well-balanced brew has a unique blend of spices, which complement the European hops. The honey lightens up the body and helps to blend the taste with aroma without making the beer too sweet. It's got an ABV of 5%, IBU of 20, and SRM, solid rat molecules, of 7. Seven rats. Seven <laughs> Ground rats. right up into there. Mm-hmm. It's a solid rat molecule score. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what? I don't want to take the, the first descriptor, so who, who wants to go for it? I'll jump in. Um, I'll I'll say I I also like moose drool. Uh, my mom, who doesn't like beer very much and uh, like doesn't doesn't typically like malty anything, um, quite likes moose drool as well. So uh, I have an affection for Big Sky, and uh, uh, I I think even though I was a little apprehensive about this going into it, I think it's really interesting. It's very unique. Uh, because it's, well, I I feel like I saw somewhere on it IPA, but maybe I'm going crazy. Um, <laughs> you saw ale and your brain went, ah! Yeah, apparently. Um, but so I was expecting it to be hoppier, but it's, it's one of the few beers I've had that is hoppy without being bitter, where it has hop flavor, but like mm-hmm. it's only 20 IBU it's not that bitter and it actually is kind of sweet and spicy from the the add-ins so it's it's weird it's unique and it's it's very light drinking that's what, that's for sure what do you guys think about the smell cuz i don't particularly like the smell actually i so it's a this, little metallic this yeah yeah and maybe that's from you know the canning the canning process of it but i'm going to yeah. give you uh what this smells like to me this smells like oh. beer games at college is what it smells like to me. It just smells kind of like slightly stale, cheap beer. Um, it, it doesn't. And, and by that, I mean, like, it doesn't really have an alluring aroma. It doesn't have no. anything that, like, 
hits my nose that's like, oh, what's in here is extra delicious. It's just kind of like, it smells like generic beer to me. It's not offensive. It's not offensive. It's, you know. um, It's it's just not exciting. Like last week, we all opened Junior (laughs) and we're like, this smells really good. (laughs) Like from across the table, across the desk. I think the winner for me in that category is still the uh, gin saison that we had. Oh, where so I think good. every one of us cracked open and went. <gasps> well, okay. Well, I I keep forgetting what it's called, but that beer that Chip got us the the number one the heady, the heady topper yeah. that still takes the the top of the smell game for for me was that one because I just couldn't and then I just sniffed the can the whole time because it's like oh <laughs> it was gone and I was. So sad that it was gone. It smelled so great, but I, I the saison was was amazing. It was really good. Yeah, it just had such a unique smell. I think I don't think it was I've very smelled very a beer full. like that. Yeah, I was just gonna say as far as the taste goes on this, um, I I don't know. It's it's like Nick said. It's it's kind of unique, but I don't love it. I don't dislike mm-hmm. it either. Just it's kind of just a thing. It's. I can drink it fine. Every time I lift it up to my face, though, I get the whiff of the just like nothingness, and I'm like, <laughs> "What is happening?" It it the smell definitely contributes to the beer drinking experience in a way that I didn't really appreciate until drinking this and not having that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think this is pretty good, and I think this would be a good like um, like patio party sort of beer where it's light and refreshing and pretty interesting. It's not unlike the Pixis Pilsner that we recently had in that way, where it's like a little more interesting than your average cheap beer, but still accessible enough. Like it's it's 20 IBUs, 5.0 ABV. It, people are going to not turn up their noses at it, so mm-hmm. to speak, uh, no matter what their beer preferences are. Well, I think the, the spices and honey are really good notes because it, at first sip, you get the spices. And then I don't know about you two, but I really like honey. And my mm-hmm. wife has been making like her own granola bars out of like oats and rice krispies and uh, a bunch of other stuff. And the main ingredient is honey. Like she makes it on the stove. So we've been eating a lot oh, yeah. of honey. And there's a property to honey. It's like that aftertaste after you eat it that just kind of lingers around for a while. And the fact that this isn't overly sweet, but I still have that same sensation on my taste buds like if you just let it sit for a second after you've drank and you just kind of like think about it and feel on your tongue there's almost that little film that honey leaves on your tongue and i still kind of get the the little bit of sweetness aftertaste that's true fun uh fun co-hops fact before almost every episode i drink a mug of honey tea uh to get my throat into a little bit better shape uh i'm still a little scratchy sometimes but it's uh, something I've learned from my singing friends uh, It's that honey, honey and tea is nice. And also I have bad allergies. And so local honey helps a little bit because it sort of inoculates you to the local pollen. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Getting getting ready to record. That's something that we <laughs> <laughs> Zach's usually got uh, some something that he can eat close by. Uh, Nick and I are usually trying to squeeze in the last few rounds of some fighting game. And uh-huh. then, uh, and then we record at like eight oh five. Literally, <laughs> yeah. my my procedure is get home quickly, make something that I can eat in five minutes, and then sit down mm-hmm. and <laughs> and look at the outline for two minutes before we start recording. 
Yeah. Yeah, you just need like gogurt tubes, man. There you go. Just gogurt oh, tubes yeah, there we and go. sprinkle some protein in there and just kind of shake it up and just then gogurt tubes filled with filled with ground chicken. Ooh. <laughs> oh, there's Not that like at a hot chicken. <laughs> just like just ground chicken. <laughs> oh. There's a there's a running joke in season 1 of Critical Role where the um the unseen servants in uh the bard's uh like mystical mansion that he summons for them to sleep in in comfort every night uh only like he only told them how to make chicken and so everything they make is chicken and like breakfast is chicken and lunch is chicken and dinner is chicken uh and so chicken gogurt really really brings that to mind (laughs) but what what came to mind for me when you said gogurt is uh filling up one of those uh like drinky hats uh, with mm-hmm. the straws, mm-hmm. uh, with gogurt. Oh my god! Yeah, just into the tubes, and then you go, and it's gone immediately because it's a tube made for a child. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, there you go, Zach. There's your solution: chicken tubes. That's what you need to do on the ride home. Um, <laughs> you know, you can just keep them in the fridge at work, and then pop them in the microwave for about thirty seconds before you hit the road, <laughs> and you're good to wow. go. Hot this is barbecue flavored chicken tube. No, no, no. no. You get pl- you, you just get this boiled chicken tube for a while. You got to graduate to barbecue <laughs> chicken tube. Mm-hmm. Boiled chicken, even worse. Boiled. You get to chicken. add a teaspoon of salt. <laughs> yeah, a teaspoon of salt, <laughs> but you have to take it like a shot, and then you got to hammer the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just oh, oh, it's like the lime before a tequila shot. <laughs> mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, Except for it's like squirting the lime in your eyes and then <laughs> pouring the tequila over yourself. <laughs> and oh, then lighting yourself on fire. That's foul. Well, uh, Oh, there's your dad joke of the episode. <laughs> uh, I knew we were going to come around to it. So much chicken around. So uh, should we get to the, uh, the beer advocate score that's been uh, curated by the one and only Zach? Yeah. Sure. All right, Zach, take it away. So this comes from Impetuous from Montana, the birthplace of this beer. 3.22 out of 5 with a deviation of minus 4.5%. Look 3, smell 2.75, taste 3.5, feel 3.25, overall 3.25. Crisp cracker, some definite honey flavor here, deny it. Deny you have a palate, some hoppy bitterness at the end leaves your mouth all um hmm hmm, but the beginning is much better. <laughs> Nick, can you analyze what type of sentence this is? Uh, a bad. I felt like I had analysis. a stroke reading that. So, so I I think I can parse the middle of it. So I think what they're saying is some definite honey flavor here. Deny it, comma deny you have a palate. So like if you deny it. Ah, okay. You have a palate because if you have a palate, you taste the honey. It's weird. I <laughs> this is this is puzzling, and this is it's worth noting. There's no punctuation at <laughs> this, all anywhere. This, in this. Not even at the very end. <laughs> I'm surprised they capitalized the first letter. <laughs> yeah, uh... but I I feel like they just somebody found the technology that lets you translate thoughts into text. <laughs> Just straight from your brain, and they did no editing. <laughs> well, it's impressive because uh, it was from 2016, so six years yeah. ago that that machine was around. So, listeners, please help us track down 
impetuous. Dra- Dragon, naturally speaking, has been around for a while. Fuck, don't, like, come on. Stop talking about <laughs> software that we used to have to install and then, oh. <laughs> I remember that because I remember it being annoying that it was on computers that I bought. Uh, it was the worst. People bought it and then expected it to like just automatically pick up everything and they'd come back the next day and they're like, it's not picking up everything perfectly. And it's and it just like having <laughs> to explain to people that software doesn't just automatically know your voice and your vocal patterns and the way that you speak and it, it, uh, it hurts oh, my brain almost as much <laughs> as word perfect. There are some great videos out there of uh, Scottish people trying to speak to the like voice uh, activation stuff in cars uh, because famously wow. thick accents in Scotland and it's just impossible for this car to try to struggle to figure out what these people are saying. That's great. But yeah, we'll check in on this beer later as we have more of it. It's nice and light. I We each have a couple of cans and I will probably get through uh both of mine but oh yeah um uh for now uh because we have some crossover and i have a feeling this will not take too long uh let's start with zach what do you what do you mean this won't take too long because <laughs> you mean you i haven't play played anything, anything? <laughs> <laughs> i played uh three levels of box boy thank you oh that's fun <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not worth talking about but but i did box it took cool. me 10 minutes nice anyway Oh man! Less depressing wait, wait, things wait. in my you life. You said you had two hours the other day. What did you do? Did you just sit and look at a wall? I think he took a nap. I played some Dead Space. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not talking about that because that was for a different thing. And then I took a nap. Yes, Nick is correct. Oh, good. Anyway, naps are dreaming great. of necromorphs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Nick and I both, uh, like you said, there's some crossover here because. There was a big Atlas sale on the 3DS eShop with record low prices on a bunch of games that are very expensive physically. Yeah. And At- Atlas games, especially from like the DS 3DS era, are uh, had some pretty small print runs. Like this was yeah. pre Sega, so uh, so they didn't have the backing to print a ton of copies of stuff in like SMT. Shin Megami Tensei, I should say, I should read it all out, because uh, not everybody knows what that is, um, is pretty niche, generally, so uh, all of these games that are not Persona are did not sell well enough to be super common, so they're pretty expensive, and it was nice to be able to get some of them for like 7 to $10. Yeah, you, you posted that article in our Discord, like, oh, look at this sale that's going on, I was like, god damn it, Nick. <laughs> I went on there and I was looking. I was like seven ninety nine for a game that's eighty dollars physical. I was like, as much as I am a, a physical collector, some of these games I don't know if I'll like them. So it was worth spending a few bucks on them digitally to see if I do, instead yeah. of spending like a lot of money on it physically. And so I ended up buying almost everything that was on sale too. It was it it was bad. I, I got a lot of stuff, too. I had already gotten a lot of stuff from previous sales. Um, but, yeah, there was there's not a ton left. There were some Etrian Odyssey games that I did not buy that I did not have. But. I didn't buy all of those. That I th- and, and Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology I also didn't buy just because I own the regular game. And I, I don't feel like it was it. that much of an upgrade. <laughs> but I still thought about it. 
and, and yeah, you did talk me out of it. <laughs> but I, I ended up buying Shin Megami Tensei 4 and 4 Apocalypse. I bought Etrian Odyssey 4 and 5. I bought Persona Q. I bought... Oh, I'm going to butcher these fucking names. Uh, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Survivor Overclocked. You nailed it. You got it. Devil Survivor hell? 2 Soul Hackers. Did I get that right? Uh, no. So there's... there's uh, <laughs> Devil, oh gosh! It's so Devil Survivor Two Overclocked is just the DS game Devil Survivor Two, but the 3DS version. Devil just Summoner like... Soul Hackers, excuse me. Yes, that's exactly. what it is. So I bought that mm-hmm. one. And what then... kind of games are those? Are they just JRPGs, or are they like Kinda. some crazy so, Devil Survivor is like a strategy RPG? It's like and... Final Fantasy Tactics ish. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Shin, but this, Shin Megami the, Tensei Four is like a. It's more like an RPG. It it is turn based RPG. It's familiar. Uh, yeah, it's it's like you run around in a three D world and uh, trigger uh, battles that are turn based, like two D first person mm. battles in the in the like old classic style of like old old Dragon Warrior. Um, it's just oh. head on. You just see the enemies. Uh, it's it's pretty wild how much of a throwback, and especially a throwback to like old old computer RPGs like Wizardry, um, the Shin Megami Tensei series at its core, mm-hmm. uh, like the core games really are. And then Soul Hackers, I don't remember what that game is. I played some of it. It's very well regarded, but I have no idea. I have no idea either. I bought it because it was like a SMT game in the future, and it had really good reviews. And I said, cool. And it was eight dollars. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I I yeah. bought a lot. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. If Capcom ever has a sale, let me know, and I'll, that's probably when I'll buy a couple. I want to I want to play um the Project Cross Zone games because it's just like oh yeah an RPG, but it has every single Capcom character from every Capcom everything. So you can have like Mega Man and Dante from Devil May Cry and Ryu all like firing fireballs into like into the enemies <laughs> and it's like a it's like a jrpg it's one i saw a long time ago but i'm like i don't want to pay 40 50 bucks for this so hopefully yeah. capcom gets its turn because that's that's when i'll talk about games that i buy <laughs> I'll, just, I'll keep an eye out because that sounds like fun just to give a, a a point of reference so devil survivor overclocked was 7.99 physically it's 70 bucks and then Jeez. Devil Summoner Soul Hackers was seven ninety nine, and physically it's eighty eight dollars. So it, it literally ten percent. Yeah, it was worthwhile, even though I'm not the biggest fan of digital gaming because of the cost and these being literally the lowest price they've ever been. It was worthwhile to me to to invest in them just for a series that I've always been super curious about, but I don't actually know if I like. So mm-hmm. yeah, and there's a lot of spinoffs that are all different and interesting and have mechanics like they have similarities but uh have differences such that everyone kind of has their favorite spin-off and for most people that's persona but not for everyone there are people who are die hard to the original series or to really like soul hackers or um the uh the devil summoner games on ps2 are totally different because they're action rpgs uh, and those are really cool. And they're like set in like 1920s Japan. You're a detective. Might even be 1910s. 
Um, but it's it's old style, old school. It's very fun. Speaking of uh, game styles, I hate another game I bought on the eShop because it's on sale was oh, uh, Streets of Rage 2 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of beat-em-ups. I think I mentioned that. But I always hear that Streets of Rage 2 is like a top-tier one. So for 3 bucks in the 3D version of it, I figured why not. Yeah, I thought about it. A, a lot of those 3D games were half off. Um, I guess they would be the Sega ones because that's a Sega game, right? Or Yeah. 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 Um, that was so, the only one that came out. I did look at the other ones, but I was like, I'm not fine fucking Sonic. So yeah. none of the other <laughs> ones looked r- remotely interesting. Uh, Gunstar Heroes was the one that I thought oh, about getting. Oh, yeah. That's, Gunstar but Heroes is good. But I, I, I own, own that on, on cartridge. Like, I own it in so many collections, like Sega collections. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I didn't buy any of these, because I have enough like Sega Genesis collections or whatever. that They really pumped those things up. They really, they really do. I, I had one of the, the early ones that was made by, oh, uh, I, I want to say it's like Boneyard Studios, but it's not. <laughs> it's um, uh, Backbone. Okay. Uh, oh, there you Backbone. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a little guy holding the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, so Sonic and Sega Classics Collection or something for the PS3 and 360. Mm-hmm. That was one of the first, like, classics collections that i bought and i thought it was so cool i played a bunch of fantasy star 2 uh which is a great game but um but is yeah, it three it's... that's the bad one yes three I, is I, the one that I is can never if it's two or three yeah yeah two is great four is apparently also good but um it, it's old so it takes some getting used to but it is still great there's a really good collection that I own on the Switch that has like all of the the really good ooh Genesis games. Is that the I, one where I think the it's menu? missing a few? So the the menu for that one right is uh like a shelf in a little yep. digital living room, and yep. you you pull them off the shelf and slot them into uh like a little Genesis sitting on the floor, and then zoom into the TV. It's a really cute presentation. Yeah, it's great. But it has a very underrated game, Rise Star. Love that game. Oh yeah. yeah, it's a good platformer. It's great. Is that the little star with arms and legs? Yep. Mm-hmm. Where you you grab stuff like you, uh, the its arms extend and you grab stuff and that's basically the main mechanic of platforming around. And it's mm-hmm. not Starfy, which is also a platformer with a character that's a star <laughs> with arms and legs. I think am I maybe neither of you know this, but I think Rystar was in the running when in that competition where they uh, made Sonic. I think that was one of the front runners that lost, but then they ended up making a game out of it anyway. Oh, that's interesting. I could be wrong on that. Fact I have no idea. I am not up on my Sonic lore, but we'll have to we'll have to check that. Sega owns Atlas. That's all I know now. Yeah, <laughs> and they no longer have several arcades in Akihabara, and I am very no. sad. That's so sad. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've been up to. I bought some Nintendo games that was a lot more than I wanted to spend, but was worth more than I paid. So that was another thing. Yeah, It's only worth more if you sell it. I have to. That was the agreement (laughs) with my wife. (laughs) I have to sell the ones I don't need. I just bought, you know, a hundred bucks worth of digital games and then some more physical games. So I could see, Mm -hmm. I could see some bartering going on. Okay, if uh, if price charting is to be believed, which it can't always be, mm-hmm. uh, the lot was worth about seven hundred dollars. Oh Jeez. wow, that's pretty solid. 
Uh, and it inspired our question for this episode, which it we'll did. get to later. So it was worth it already. Perfect. Yep. That's it for me. Sadly, uh, I don't know what playing video games is like anymore, but I just still buy them. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll i jump in next because I played a video game. I played a lot of a video game. In fact, I played all of a video game, and it is a an Atlas game. Um, it is... Uh, Odin Sphere. Odin Sphere. No, no. <laughs> um, unfortunately. Um, though uh, Odin Sphere, developed by Vanillaware, who made uh, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim, which is now on Switch and is an interesting game that I am curious to get back to. But uh, this is not that game. Uh, this is also on Switch, though. This is Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE Encore, which is about the most Japanese game. Wow, so you pronounced the sharp sign, huh? Yeah, so that's wow. not um, pound. It's not pound. <laughs> I, that's that's what I <laughs> it, thought it was. When... It's not pound. It's not hashtag because this game is about music and it's oh. about. Um, Don't you play as like a, a, a idol? Yeah. So that's that's kind of the the thing is you play as like the the very start of the game is one of those like America's Got Talent sort of competitions to like find up and coming idols. Uh, and, uh, you're just a guy, just generic dude. Uh, and your friend is, uh, your childhood friend is, uh, going to go like, she said, Hey, come, come watch this thing with me. And unbeknownst to you, she's going to go up on stage and perform to be like her sister who disappeared five years ago in a mysterious accident and was also an idol. Um, and Mm, so suspicious. Uh, yeah, and so she gets on stage, and the um, the MC on the stage seems to know a lot about her, and like, kind of prods her about her sister and the stuff that happened five years ago, and then turns into a monster and attacks, and so, <laughs> <laughs> and sucks her into this uh, world, this like alternate world that uh, they call in this game the Idolosphere. Um, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so Simon, are... Simon Cowell took off his pants on stage, and then you're transported to another world. Basically, okay. that's what uh, happens when you see Simon Cowell's dick. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's truly world altering. <laughs> um, al- also described as a monster. So yeah, <laughs> indeed. Um, but that's yeah, what he uses so... to push the no button. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So there's this there's this world. These are basically the dungeons uh, and uh, you you go into it. You end up becoming a hero uh, very quickly and and find friends who are also heroes. But the way you do that is uh, akin to persona. You discover a partner um, uh, that gives you the power to attack and cast spells and stuff uh but instead of mythological figures like in a persona game uh they're fire emblem characters and so like krom from fire emblem awakening is the one that bonds with your main character and uh sita from um the first fire emblem uh bonds with your friend uh and so on interesting yeah it's it's pretty interesting and it it it's this weird mashup where it's like probably 70 percent 
persona 30 percent fire emblem uh it carries over some of the stuff like weapon affinities where like typically axes are good against lances are good against swords are good against axes um and that sort of thing and like flying enemies are typically weak to bow attacks uh and and so on but they do it in the way of a Shin Megami Tensei or Persona game where there there are weaknesses that give you some bonus if you exploit them, kind of like elemental weaknesses. Oh, does it have the, uh, what's that system? The push system? Press Uh, turn? Press turn, thank you. Uh, It doesn't. It has something really cool to replace it um, that is, like, even even crazier. Uh, So it it has a a system called Sessions where... um, you uh as you level up your your weapons and and uh get uh skills from doing so like leveling up your affinity with these weapons your mastery of them um you unlock skills and some of those skills are session skills uh and so when a character exploits a weakness um or triggers it in a a few different ways uh it it starts a session and so uh one of one of the session skills would be called, say, Sword Wind. Uh, and so when somebody hits with a sword attack, uh, it'll trigger a wind attack from that character, uh, and they chain. And so uh, over uh, at the... My record is 27 attacks that trigger <laughs> from one, one attack. <laughs> wow. Because they're, over the course of the game, you get various ways to add to your capability... <clears throat> of like letting characters who aren't in your active party participate in sessions and these other skills that reset your session count so people who can normally chain uh only once per chain uh it like resets it so everybody can go again um and and what it what it ends up doing is making the the combat really really fast paced in terms of actual turns like even even in the hardest parts of the game except for boss battles there were usually no more than two or three turns uh to a battle because every every attack was doing a ton of damage because it was actually nine attacks uh and uh and and that kind of works the other way where um like it, it makes this very high tension combat system because if there are a lot of enemies alive uh, and they exploit one of your character's weaknesses, that character's probably dying because uh, they're going to session and chain some attacks and enemies do a ton of damage. Um, like even without a session, uh, even not exploiting a weakness, they tend to do about a third of your health in one hit. And so like you, you kind of, it behooves you to try to kill things before they can even hit you once. Um mm-hmm. And uh, and you might have to expend some resources for that in one way or another. But uh, it it ends up feeling kind of samey in a way, because what you're doing is basically just trying to find a weakness you can exploit to start a session to wipe out as many enemies as you can as quickly as you can. But I don't think it outstayed its welcome. It was starting to by the very end, but it's not a super long game. Um, It's about 40 hours, which. I, I played it obsessively and played all of that in this last week. But oh my god! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about how I played ten minutes of Box Boy and was uh, <laughs> proud of myself. So yeah, <laughs> I I just got obsessed with it. I don't like something about it. Um, 
the the pacing of like when you get the materials to craft more uh more weapons that you then like get mastery with to get new skills and like the flow of it always keeps you right on the edge of getting another cool thing uh right right through the very end and uh and the characters in the game are also really interesting some of them are not super likable at first because um uh the the characters you come across because the magic of this world is called performa and it's like the the latent human potential for performing arts uh that that is turned into magic um so all of the characters uh, are in uh, show business <laughs> yeah oh my god all all my smooth brain can think of is persona and fire emblem which i've played neither games um <laughs> and then this like exploit weaknesses like you lightly jabbing the enemy until there's a, a like a small opening in the armor and then like you and your fire emblem personas all like dance and put on like a musical thing <laughs> and then they're, they're like oh the performance was so good uh, and then they die this is what's yeah. going on in my head in like my smooth brain <laughs> you're not you're not outstandingly far off holy uh, shit <laughs> oh my god they just perform stomp on the enemy. It's <laughs> And I knew I knew Nick was going to play this game like 3 weeks ago when we were at Cosmic because we were just looking through games and we were looking for fighting games and and Nick and I were just cruising around the store and then <laughs> I think it was a Wii U. There was it came out on the Wii U, right? Mm-hmm. And we're just like looking at random games and Nick does this thing. If anybody knows Nick, he does this thing where he gets this very thoughtful face and he just goes silent. And then he, go, and then he just, he puts his hand up to his chin and he goes, hmm. hmm. And then he goes, oh, oh, uh, uh, okay. And then he like picks up the game and then he goes, have you ever heard of this game? I was like, no. And he started explaining it to me and I go, he owns this game already. And he's going to be playing it within the next like month. I guarantee it. Like this is the thought I had in my head. So this you is just, it. this is perfect. I'm game Stradamus. You are. That is that is amazing. That is such a perfect description of my my process of thinking about something and like trying to recall why I'm excited by it. Yeah. Like you had to calm yourself down and I could see that and I'm like, oh, he really there's something about this game that he really likes. And so I'm I'm glad that you got to enjoy it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's really cool. Um Yeah, and and like there's a lot of it's it's not necessarily my kind of music, but there's a lot of music in this game. Like all the characters are mm-hmm. like pop idols and they all have songs and those songs have these like really pretty CG cutscenes and are all totally like they're full songs. Um and uh and there's there's a lot of them. Uh a lot of them are to uh like they're the end point of a side mission or even a main story point, uh where they like have this new project and it inspires something and then typically that causes some kind of combat thing to um uh so one of one of the things that happens is uh you can you have a chance to trigger an ad lib performance when you uh when you use a skill with a uh weapon type or element that you mm-hmm. have um an ad lib performance unlocked for and so like your your friend one of her first projects is a uh, commercial for a soda company um uh and so when you hit with a spear attack 
uh, or when you trigger a spear attack with her, there is a chance for uh, her to like reenact the soda, um, the the soda ad that she did, and like slide down a waterfall and like spray the enemy with soda, and it just does a bunch of damage um, to, first, to all the enemies. The first thing that came to mind was like somebody is just like a master tromboner and they just do like a, they do like a trombone solo that does more damage or something is, is that know. the official term for somebody who plays the trombone that's my term for it zach thank you very <laughs> that's, much that's pretty good a trombonist Tromboner. a trombonist <laughs> a bonist bonist a bonus I like, yes a boner. I like tra- really like tromboner <laughs> a tromboneer yes, yes. <laughs> There you go. Commander William T. Riker, famed <laughs> tromboner. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, they're all singers, uh, but you Damn. do your your trainer, um, your like personal trainer uh, who is teaching you how to dance and stuff. Um, he is an American guy named Barry Goodman. Uh, he's the one the one ah, American Barry. guy in this game uh, and he was in a band called Terra Death and he has this <laughs> uh, you eventually get to see him in costume and it's this like guar type like heavy metal rocker thing with a complete with guitar that looks like an axe yeah you have my interest now <laughs> yeah I'll can have I to... play as Barry? Garrett heard uh, guar and, and suddenly the fog <laughs> from his brain left Unfortunately, no. He, you can get him to show up sometimes. Uh, that's mm. one of the things that's different in Encore is um, uh, you can unlock the ability for uh, a few of the side characters that aren't combat characters to show up in sessions. And so he'll like show up and he'll like jam on his guitar and the little cyclone uh, will hit the enemy. Uh, and that'll be part of the, the chain combo. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it has it has a lot of systems in it and they they don't have the legs to carry on for another game, for example. Like I can't see there being another one of these, um, mm. but the tone is really cool and the systems are really cool. And it was a nice little encapsulated experience that I'm really glad I had. Um, and yeah, and you, taught, cool. you taught us a word, too. You educated oh, us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I uh I recently learned the word deuteragonist, which is the secondary character. So like protagonist is the first one and then the deuteragonist is the one afterwards. Um Pop quiz, what's the third? Oh gosh. Tutor I don't know the an- I don't know the answer, I'm just asking you. It's so you can it, say anything. It it, <laughs> it would be something along the lines oh gosh. I'm trying to remember my Latin. It's like all fuzzing in my brain and not congealing into anything but it's the it's triagonist yeah there you go <laughs> um but yeah i uh so because i learned a new word and was excited about it i said oh yeah one of the things that's different in the switch version is you can give the deuteragonist glasses and this cute girl gets cuter yeah it's you great. you casually said that and zach and i both had the same screeching halt in our brain and was like what <laughs> But and almost simultaneously, we're like, "Oh, that's what that word means." I have to Google it. <laughs> yeah, nothing's uh, cuter than dysfunctional eyes. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's all because the character designer to this game um, did some fan art for a holiday or something that was that character wearing glasses, and people loved it so much that they decided to put it in the re-release of the game. 
Um, and then later on in the game, an, a character actually says it because she gets cast as the deuteragonist in a show. And she's like, mm. oh, I'm not the star. I'm just the deuteragonist. <laughs> but it's Man, fine. It's just a weird word to just throw around. Well, yeah, I'm talking about yeah. literal fan service. Like people like this thing that they just added it in the game. That's Oh, fan service is uh, a thing that fan service be- is the name of Atlas games, my guy. I mean, basically, <laughs> uh, but this game, it it actually the original Japanese version of the original Wii U version was actually actually even hornier than the version that we got now. Some of the costumes were changed <laughs> um, and like uh there's a there's a character who is like an experienced idol um she's 21 instead of 18 uh and the first time she shows up in the game she uh in the original japanese wii u version um she has a corset and chaps and a thong and that's what she's wearing um and it's garrett's sunday costume (laughs) Uh, i just like never mind yeah uh and and that among some other uh costumes were changed a little bit for the american release um uh for whatever reason i guess wii u era nintendo probably not like super jazzed about especially young characters who are teenagers um being sexualized in that way um it's uh there there was a bit of cleaning up to do i don't think it harms the game too much and it was maybe a little too far before like that uh the the new version of that costume just has like full leather pants which also look really cool um and and convey the sort of power and i i think she didn't have gloves before and now she has like big like uh full length leather gloves uh like the whole length of her arm um and so she's the it, deuteragonist to the um, the side guar story. She's like the <laughs> she's the bassist for this for this band, right? So she's in her power oh. stance with leather pants and giant oversized gloves. Well, her her weapons in the game are microphones uh, that evoke. Oh, they are. Are they? Well, yeah. There, I know. Um, <laughs> so uh, her Fire Emblem character is Tharja or Tharia whatever it is um, from awakening uh, who is a dark mage. uh, And so they're evoking the rod weapon from, um, from fire emblem. Mm. Uh, And, but instead it's a, it's a microphone and some of hers are pretty, pretty rad. Like the, the microphone is a skull and it's all covered in spikes. Um, Why did she just hit him with that? (laughs) That sounds Uh, like it's way more painful. You can, it doesn't do as much damage as the spells she casts though. That is true. Fire is better than spike, I guess. Yeah. Is uh Roy or Martha in this game? Uh kind of. As two of the only three Fire Emblem characters I know. <laughs> the other one being Lynn. Oh yeah, Lynn is not in this game, sadly. Neither is Hector. Um actually I'm trying to remember. No. Um yeah, ni- neither of the three protagonists of Fire Emblem, the first one. Um that we got, which is actually the seventh one, uh, are are in this. Most of the characters are from either Awakening or the original Fire Emblem. And uh, Marth is depicted in this game, and I don't want to spoil too much by saying any more. But that's about it. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, no, no Roy, because Roy is from a game that we never got in the US, and I think they understood that nobody would understand that. So 
the games that we never got here. Smash don't have Brothers. Any... Everyone knows Roy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, Roy is known, but most of the rest of the characters from that game are not. Uh, um, yeah, I I don't don't want to prattle on for any longer because this is a game that nobody else has any frame of reference for. But I think it's really cool. I think you should check it out if you have a tolerance for a little bit of anime bullshit and uh, <laughs> and turn based JRPG systems. Um, it's a good time. It's a lot of fun. It's really beautiful and has a lot of style. And uh, it's it's. I was talking to Lauren about this earlier. It's not a bad introduction to Persona if you're curious about it because it has similar systems, um, but it's much shorter and it doesn't have like the the social elements are much more streamlined, uh, and so it's more approachable. So what you're telling me is if your three-part Venn diagram crosses perfectly with Atlas shit, Fire Emblem, and anime, then you probably would like this game. Then you would you would be over the moon for this game. <laughs> if it crosses over with two of those things, then I think mm-hmm. that's still enough. And then there's a very small circle that's like idol J-pop that's like wedged <laughs> in there too that's just like right in the middle. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, not not all of the songs are great, but some of them definitely got stuck in my head for a while. Interesting. Yeah, you were pitching me on this game. I, I didn't end up picking it up, but I, I may still. We'll see. Yeah, and by that you're... I mean it's it's a high certainty that I will because I have a problem. Yeah, it's on a, <laughs> it's on Switch. It's got a red case, you're gonna fucking buy it. <laughs> yeah. It's... Oh, I guess I did buy another Switch game, yeah. I forgot. Oh uh, yeah. Just unstoppable. Okay, hold on. We have to take a fucking break about this because I've I've been annoyed about this all fucking week. Okay. So Zach is like, I need a new main game to play, and then he continues <laughs> to send us picture after picture of his of his stacks of his Switch games. And Nick's, you know, uh, talking about some hits. I'm talking about some that I like. Like, Nick and I have, like, you know, we overlap on a couple of them. And then mm-hmm. the and whole And they're time, all different. Yeah, they're, they're all, all totally different. different styles and yeah. tastes and lengths. And Zach doesn't even deny them. And and me noticing people's behaviors, if Zach <laughs> ig- just flat out ignores something, that means no. That's no to Zach. So if he doesn't even acknowledge, <laughs> if he doesn't even acknowledge what you've said... So like I know this, so he keeps asking, and he's like, "Who? What game? Who? What game should I play? What game should I play?" And so I keep saying the same thing over and over, and he's not acknowledging it. And I know that he's just like he in his brain, he's like, "I've already said no," but he hasn't actually said no. Uh huh. So then, and, and come, I'm naive, and I get, I just kept trying different things. So come but, to find out, we give him all these games that he owns. Then he messages us from a game store and goes, you have five minutes to decide. And it's all brand new, like $50, $60 games. And it's like, I mean, he took my suggestion, but at the same, I was like, come on. And I didn't notice it until the time was up. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, one of them was this game that I just talked about for a while. So (laughs) I should have chimed in. We could have been... TMS I could have played 10 F-E-E minutes of bros. it. Yeah, exactly. He didn't even talk about the game that he bought, which I won't even mention because it doesn't matter. And come to find out on our <laughs> Discord, he crowdsources to other people and also ignored them as well. So <laughs> you can see I was infuriated. <laughs> yeah, I there's, did, I did yeah, not. You did too because you you brought it up and somebody, I can't remember who they are, was like, oh, you asked me about this thing. And I almost, I like had a whole thing written out. I was just going to explain. It. Like, no, it's, it's on the Discord. Go look. It's, it's there in history forever. 
Somebody mm-hmm. said, oh, I suggested he played this game. Oh, yeah. I did yeah. ask Mike, too. I forgot. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you asked your committee. You listened to none of us. Hey, and then proceeded I took, to your, buy a I new took game. your suggestions God. into consideration briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, uh, I, I've been holding this inside for a week. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect platform to unleash my rage. I like I it. Love Let it. it out, Garrett. Let the hate flow. Well, it sounds like you have some more rage to unleash. I guess. So why don't, I'll, I'll yeah, why don't we get to that? Okay. <laughs> so, I I played a couple of this style of game before. And there's some good ones. Yeah, there, there's... Honey Pop 2. Yep. Yep. What is that? <laughs> Isn't that some manner of hentai <laughs> delivery service? It's something like that. I don't know. <laughs> so it's not that. Um, I feel so, like there's like a board game, a light board game element, and it's mostly about anime ladies. So to move uh, move off of that, uh, I I will no longer bury the lead. Uh, Mario Golf 64 came out on the N64 emulator on the Switch. And I was away this weekend. I brought my Switch. I had a little bit of downtime. Um, and I played this game, which infuriated me, and then played another one. So great. Um, I used to play golf. Um, and I wasn't super spectacular at it, but I understood the rules and knew how to play it and was like, oh, great. And since 2004, my dad and I used to play like Tiger Woods 2004, like make our own golfers. We'd play against each other. So I'm pretty familiar with golf games. Recently played, I think it was like 2K21 with my friend because. We went out for his birthday and him and his friends all like to golf. So they came up here and we golfed all weekend. And I was like, that was fun, but I'm not going to buy a whole bunch of clubs and go. Oh. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. So I said, how about it's this? It's so expensive. It is unbelievably expensive to golf. Like oh, yeah. country club memberships and, and clubs. I have a couple of cousins uh, who have at various times uh, either attempted to or become a uh, professional golfers and it is an unbelievably expensive sport to get into i bought 40 dollars worth of balls we played three courses over the course of two days i lost all of them i lost all of them (laughs) i mean granted i haven't practiced and you know whatever and but still i lost all of them that's just i just threw them into the lake (laughs) or into the into the forest and i bought bright red ones um so that i could see them and they still got lost um oh Maybe because that's when the state was on fire. Maybe that's why I lost them. Uh. Um, <laughs> uh, other than that, I know how to play golf games, and I don't know if it's the em- I don't know if it's the emulation of like the timing of being able to press the buttons, but I tried tournament mode. If you make w- one mistake, that you're just done. Like oh. you, you just absolutely get buried, and then you start out with four characters. You get two very frightening looking semi-realistic humans um, <laughs> who have two different shot types. Like two, like one has a, more of a fade. One's a straight shot. You get princess peach and baby Mario. That's what you start off with. The first character that you can unlock, which is a whole mode. It's called unlock character mode. There are like 40 characters in this game Whoa. is Lu- is Luigi. Okay. This motherfucker can drive almost 300 yards. No matter where you are in any condition. And does not miss a putt. Does not miss a putt. And you have to win 10 holes in order to unlock the character is the way that that works. (laughs) I tried three times and only won three holes against him. And was like, okay, if you, 
it has a power meter. So you, you hit a to do the shot and it fills up the power meter for, you know, what percentage of power you want to hit. Then you hit a again and then the meter swings back and you're, and there's this little red meter with a gray bar and you're supposed to press a right over the gray bar to do a perfect shot. And the way that golf games usually work is if it's right before, uh, right before that you do a draw, which is, it swings to the left or sorry, a, a fade, which swings to the left. And if you do right after that, it does a, a draw, which goes away from you. Yeah. And depending on your do- handedness, but yeah. It, it, depending, yeah, depending on your handedness, but it doesn't matter if you do not hit it perfectly on that gray, it just <laughs> fucking goes anywhere you want. It um, destroys your power. I would, I, you know, you set your little grid for where you're going to hit. And if you do not hit a perfect shot, it just goes anywhere outside of that grid. It just, I, I tried three wow. different times and I was like, absolutely fuck this game. I'm never going to play Mario golf 64 again. I just, wow. Uh, it made me so so upset. Fascinating um, that Mario is the like punishing version of this game. Oh yeah, it's so weird. Um, yeah, it's I, weird that Baby Mario is who you start with, not regular Mario. Yeah, you yeah. start with Baby Mario, regular Peach, and two horrifying creatures that they decide to call <laughs> people. And then your first character you unlock in Mario Golf is Luigi. Who is yeah. the best golfer in all of the Mushroom Kingdom? Apparently, <laughs> apparently. L- listen, Garrett. While Mario was busy saving the princess, Luigi was studying the club. Truly. Well, I thought it was the vacuum cleaner, but I guess so. <laughs> so, so anyway, that that infuriated me. Huh. That was about an hour of like trying to play, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like do save states and go back, which I realized I could have, but I was just annoyed because I'm like, I want to play a game of golf. Um, yeah, this it's it's not worth it. For for that, um, can I recommend a few golf games to you? Because uh, I I quite enjoy golf video games myself, and uh, I have a few favorites that I don't think you have played. Probably not, because I've played Tiger Woods two thousand four, two thousand uh, Tiger Woods two thousand eight, and two K twenty one. Those are the three full golf <laughs> games I've ever played. Well, oh, man. I remember O four being quite good, but uh, the ones I'm thinking of, uh, my very favorite is called Everybody's Golf. Uh, mm. it's, um, uh, that's the, the Japanese that's the name, putt, right? Uh, it's no, it's, it's full golf. Um, but it's, uh, hot shots golf, uh, has always been called everybody's golf, but they decided to call it that in the U S too, uh, mm. for the PS4 release. Um, speaking of horrifying nightmare people, you can make some pretty weird stuff with the character creator in that game, but it's, um, it, it has a cutesy art style and it's it's relatively simplified, but the mechanics are really solid. Mm. Um, they, it feels a lot like Tiger Woods. Um, um, yeah. So the other game is uh, it's called either Big Tournament Golf or Neo Turf Masters. It's uh, depending on your region. Uh, it is a Neo Geo game that was released under the ACA Neo Geo label. Uh, the the hamster re-releases um it's it's simple it's fun um it's uh it's also fmv which is kind of hilarious because you see a little actual real dude golfing on the screen horribly (laughs) green screened um uh, and then the the final one i want to recommend is golf story which is a cute little action rpg that's barely a golf game but it's it's like it's 
Zelda-ish, but instead of fighting enemies, you do little golf stuff. You can tee up anywhere and like hit balls at things and just <laughs> play with the environment. It's fun. Yeah, I that was that's been on my wish list for quite some time is golf story because i heard really good things about it like right around the switch launch but i just never got around to actually purchasing it because um unlike steam which hastily notifies me when anything goes on sale even if it's for a penny off uh i don't think that (laughs) nintendo has a really good way of like telling you even if you wish list things that Uh, it's on sale so i usually have to go into the shops Oh, see, maybe I don't have that turned on because I go into the I go into the shop, I go to my account, then hit wish list whenever there's a sale, and I just scroll down. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, is anything I have in my wish list on sale? It never is because it's a bunch of first party oh. Nintendo games. But yeah, <laughs> you know, Golf Story's in there as well. I I do the same thing too, and sometimes I'll just browse the sale page. But um, I do also get emails. Maybe they're getting caught in your spam filter or something. But it says like, Hey Nick, good news, we have. Uh, or, or like, we have good news about one or more items on your wish list. Huh. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it goes on sale every once in a while. Um, I feel like I bought it on sale, but it's cute. It's fun. Um, yeah, so for, for less rage-inducing golf experiences, uh, the latter two available on Switch. Check those out. And for more rage-inducing golf experiences, check out What the Golf. <laughs> That's true. What the Golf. That is also delightful in a totally different way. That's a puzzle game that's theoretically golf instead of <laughs> an action RPG that's theoretically golf. Oh, man. Um, it's very funny. Uh, it used to be um, Apple Arcade exclusive. Uh, unfortunately, fortunately, it is not anymore. Um, it's it's great. You should check it out. It's very funny. Well, the thing that I switched to was something that, you know, if you've been listening to the show at all, surprise, surprise, I'm a big Dragon Ball fan. And no a game <laughs> a game that oh, I bought you don't say. at launch when it came out on Switch is um, it's called Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission. And I purchased this game before I went to Japan. And it's hard to kind of explain what the game is other than it in video game form. It is a card game, but the cards represent like 3D characters and they have like different stats. So you build a team of cards and then you have a playing field and the playing field is you have a rest zone to recover stamina, which is what you use to fight. And then you have three different levels, which you can use stamina um, to have your characters attack the opponent's characters. And the whole game is like a series of quick time events. So in its most basic form let's say that you had two characters fighting two characters. It's your turn. You're the attacker. You go to attack and they have a system called charge impact, which is just a slider that moves back and forth. And you're trying to get a higher score or or, uh, stop it at a higher point than, than your opponent. Oh, so it's a golf game. (laughs) Kind of, of. except for you don't have to aim. You just press, you just literally press one button, but yeah. Um, so you do that. If you win, you do more damage. Um, if you're on defense and you win against an attacker, you take significantly reduced damage. And they have like all kinds of uh, fun, like broken story things. So when you're playing the story mode, which has this whole full fleshed out story mode, um, you're fighting like uh, a giant gorilla that's the size of the entire map. And he can like stomp and pretty much kill you in one hit. So you have to like 
tactically position your cards and like set up a team uh, for these specific situations. They also have puzzle fights where they give you specific characters to fight against other specific characters with specific win conditions. Wow. Um, is that Gorilla? Is that Ozaru? Is that is my <laughs> Dragon Ball knowledge failing me? Um. So that's I I don't remember what Ozaru means, but it's just the um when the the Saiyans, the aliens that have monkey tails, uh, when they see a full moon, um, the they're like it unlocks this power of the great ape, which they descended from. And the yes. great apes are like essentially King Kong. They're King uh -huh. Kong. They lose their minds um, when they're young ages and then they just destroy everything. But when they're older, they can actually like control it and, and use it to, I see to fight. I remember the climax of that terrible dragon ball movie was Goku turning into Ozaru, a giant ape and having to be stopped by his friends and, uh, also having to gain the willpower to stop himself. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, when you say terrible Dragon Ball movie, you're going to have to be more specific because the majority of them oh. are terrible. Oh, you're talking about the live action one, right? I, I am oh, okay. with Justin Dra Chatwin Dragon Ball Evolution. Yes. I saw Which, that in theaters. I never watched it. I went. Ooh. I paid money to go watch that. I'm sorry. With Chow Yun-Fat as Master Roshi? I'm going to have to get super drunk and watch this. Just, we'll have to do back-to-back -back Dragon Ball Evolution and Legend of Chun-Li. Oh. oh, that's going to be a painful night. Yeah, it, it will be. I, I recently watched a Maximilian video that included the phrase, friends don't let friends watch Legend of Chun-Li. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but um so, so so yeah you 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 make these teams there's dragon ball heroes from all over um everything from every, every single series all of them all of the manga like everything all the different movies um but they also in japan um apparently this is a this is an arcade game and there are mm. actual real physical cards so in the game they're digital cards but in in japan there are little gotcha machines that you put money into and then they give you random cards of random rarity and oh. you actually go and actually play on real on real tables so the little game board in the game represents the table because there's different there's different motions that you do which are really weird like your characters can transform and you just move the thumbstick up and down it's like slide real far and it's like what this doesn't make any sense and it shows a hand sliding a card up and down a board but oh. you're just using your left thumbstick to go up and down or to do different motions but you actually do those motions on the table and i was like oh that's pretty cool that's pretty wow. neat like so when i'm looking a ritual yeah like a and ouija board or something so i went to japan in 2019 and i was like man this game is really fun i'm gonna figure out where the where the hell this thing is because I want to buy some cards and I want to like play it. Even if I can't read anything, I just want to play the real game. There was only, we went to five different arcades. There was one arcade that had them, but the arcade that had them didn't sell you the player card you needed in order to start the game, which cost $30 at the time to Oof. like start to play the game. Then they also didn't sell the cards that you needed to build a deck to play the game, which is only five, five or six cards. It's not that many. And it would have cost me like $50 just to play. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm in Japan, but no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this. So mm -hmm. I went and later on, I found a gotcha machine that had them and I, I still have two of the cards, but they have like RFID chips in them because that's how the game board reads it. That's the, cool. It, 
it's pretty cool but there's a similar game that i have a few cards for that i and like a little deck box from that i got at a sakura con the anime convention in seattle uh but instead of dragon ball it's all like bugs huh it's like weird like beetles and stuff i'll have to <laughs> i'll have to dig that out and find beetle borgs but Beetleborgs. yeah apparently and that was like 10 years ago so apparently yeah. arcade games that involve cards have been going on in japan for a long time yeah, there. I saw quite a few uh, different like arcade machines um, that had this like weird kind of card system. I, I think they're all Bandai Namco games, but they also have like an anime that is still running alongside it. It's kind of like a like a crazy dream team. Like they have characters that they've created, and it's all about like the battles and the story is horrible. But there's like forms that aren't in the aren't in the anime or the manga and like crazy stuff. So I get to experience it through this game and being a big Dragon Ball fan. It's like, oh, kind of like these dream team matchups. But really, the gameplay boils down to all of the strategy is building your team, uh, not very much actually on the table. And then you just making sure that you press that button at the right time so that you do more damage than your opponent. And that's kind of it. So it's kind of thin, but it's fun. Uh, I quickly found, so, so backtracking a little bit when, uh, Monster Hunter Rise came out, I ended up buying another switch because my wife was in the middle of full blown animal crossing addiction and was like, (laughs) Hey, you're going to, how long are you going to need the switch for, for Monster Hunter Rise? Cause I got to go like farm my crops and do all my stuff and talk to my (laughs) friends. And I'm like, I'm just going to buy a switch for me. And it's one of the games that not only does not support cloud save, you literally cannot take the file from a switch and move it onto another switch. And huh. it's for some cheating because you can play online. It's uh, some stupid thing that they've disabled. So you can't like hex edit a save and then no. put it back on the, yeah, Mm-mm. that makes, that makes sense, um, but that's still annoying. The only thing that you can do is if you do, which I didn't, I didn't know about. I don't even think it was part of uh, the switch then, but there's a whole profile transfer where it removes your profile from the old switch, but carries all your save data and everything over. Oh Um, yeah. And because of certain saves and certain games that my wife and I like to play, I wanted to keep my account. So I just signed in. So that's the only way you can transfer save data. And I was like, I'd played this game for probably like, 30, 40 hours, um, you know, had had a whole bunch of cards and things for it. So I went, whatever. It's just a game. I've started a bunch of games over from scratch before. Let me play. And um, I skipped all the story stuff because the story is awful. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, uh, the mechanics are fun. Story is awful. And just played a couple hours this weekend um, when I had some downtime and really found myself enjoying it. And challenging myself to make different teams than i made before and i was like pulling cards from different sets because you have a choice when you earn currency to like buy from specific sets and then you get random cards so um yeah i i played that a little bit i really enjoyed it i know that zach has it and hasn't played it yet i want to play some multiplayer because it's just a fun Hmm. battle game but it's one of those ones where i see it on sale on steam for like eight dollars all the time and the Steam Deck is coming around the corner, and mm. it, since it'll be on the computer, I know I can just pull a save or whatever. So, um, might be one of those ones that I just end up buying again. But I, I have, I had fun with it. It's really, really fun. Um, if you're a fan of Dragon Ball, uh, I, I would highly recommend it, mainly because it's got a, it's just like a dream matchup of of characters, and you can do some really cool things in there. It sounds pleasant. 
It sounds like fun. It sounds like it's not super yeah. high effort. No, it's not high effort. The my one big complaint about it is that um, because it's a it's an exclusive Japanese arcade machine, like all the text and everything is in English, which which is great because you wouldn't know what the hell's going on. Um, but there's an announcer, and the announcer like talks about what's going on on the screen the entire time, <laughs> and when you on that little slider, right, you you can not only just get a better score than your opponent, but there's like perfects and miracle perfects, which are like are certain conditions that you hit on that bar. And when you do it, the announcer just like, Oh, and then like just starts talking and you can't skip it. There's no way to like <laughs> disable the announcer. There's no way to change any of the audio options other than the music that plays during battle. Um, Ooh, yeah. That, that reminds me of the, the session attacks, the chain attacks in, in Tokyo Mirage sessions. Uh, mm -hmm. they can take a while. One of the things that the switch version, uh, added was the ability to speed those up and to uh, basically quick session is what it's called. And, um, and so they just take, a, like a half second each instead yeah. of like multiple seconds each. And when you're doing like for every fight, like, 20 or 30 of these it mm -hmm. really it really adds up so it is uh it's a shame that you can't do that here can't speed it up can't speed any of the card animation things up because it's emulating the real game like okay if you there are cards that you can fuse together to make like a more powerful warrior and it's like round two starts every round two start it's the explanation that i don't understand but i understand because i played the game and then it's slide this card down now slide this card down now slide this one left now slide <laughs> this one right now it plays Shot a little animation of them yep exactly and then they fuse and then you have a new character and then it plays this little animation it's like you can't skip any of that so it does kind of get grading but the the game is fun enough for me to get past that and i'm i'm a fan of the source material so i it doesn't bother me that much to not play it but the yeah. i mute it most of the time when i'm playing regular <laughs> battles because unless i'm playing with a new unit that i have never played with before i know what's going on and i know what my turn is going to be so i'm just like listen to it once mute it and just like kind of play it in the background yeah i ended up doing that with tokyo mirage sessions eventually for most of the regular combat um the battle music doesn't change throughout the game it's not bad but it's not like as good as legendarily good as the persona battle music which i still listen to sometimes despite for each of three four and five playing those games for a hundred plus hours and and hearing that music all the time it's still good enough for me to seek out um uh, and all of the uh the game is fully voiced pr almost fully voiced uh but it's all in japanese uh and they they didn't do an english uh dub for it which is fine um i mean it adds to the the tone but i also don't understand any of what's what's being said <laughs> um uh but it did make me curious to go back and uh because i studied japanese in high school slash community college uh and uh i i remembered enough to like get bits and pieces of the incidental dialogue it was like it wouldn't be that hard to learn enough to be able to play simple games for kids uh, and understand them. So now I kind of want to go back and learn Japanese. Next thing to start playing the Pajama Sam equivalent for Japanese kids. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was um, 
Uh, the game I first imported was Pokemon Soul Silver. It was like a year before it came out in the U.S. Um, that it came out in Japan. Um, Back when the DS uh, was not region locked. Yeah, that was nice. Um, I also got uh, Final Fantasy 13 a few weeks before it came out here, which uh, that that game debatably more interesting when you don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like that game a lot. I'm I'm joking, kind of, but um, uh, trying to trying to remember what else. I have a few things. There's also one of the uh, Yakuza games that never came out here that was set in like feudal era Japan. I got one of those, but and and also I got Mother Three because how could you not? I, I bought a fan translated version of that. Ah, uh, smart with the uh, tomato translation. Ah, very nice. I'll have to check that out. But anyway, sorry to to get on a, a tangent again but uh that's things i've been thinking about as i've been playing 40 <laughs> hours of this massive game that's it that's that's what i played something rage inducing and something that i like <laughs> that's, <really it. laughs> that's good that's that's good that you came around back to to something something uh nice and, and breezy um and with that that gets to our question of the episode um which is also kind of uh, related to Dragon Ball. Um, Zach, why don't you uh, tell us who sent in this question and read it out to us? Well, this question was sent in by uh, some super asshole. If you want to be like the super asshole, you can let us know that you have a question. You can send it to us on any of our social media, at co-ops podcast on everything, or email it to us, co-ops podcast at gmail.com. Post it in our Discord if you want. Yeah, yeah. Just like this asshole uh, Zach did. And definitely <laughs> not me. Definitely, definitely mm-hmm. not. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the question is, what is your favorite licensed video game and why? And a couple examples here of some infamously bad licensed games. E.T. Mm. for the Atari Ooh. 2600 uncanny x-men for nes but that also just is literally any ljn nes game that is licensed they're all bad (laughs) licensed junk nes (laughs) games uh and superman 64 another really really horrible licensed game Mm -hmm. a couple good ones uh we've got witcher 3 telltales the walking dead and nice the old republic these were just a couple that i wrote down as examples so yeah a lot of classics pre-recording we had discussed like what what are we defining as a licensed game it's tricky because like it it's i think it says something about the market saturation of marvel that i didn't think that spider-man for ps4 counted but I did think that Hulk Ultimate Destruction did. <laughs> I, I think it says something about how those have just become general media properties and not just comic books anymore. Yeah, um, I think something like Marvel vs. Capcom <clears throat> Two is technically a licensed game, right? But yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count it in this discussion. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, there's it's it's so there are so many edge cases where you can kind of say it is or kind of say it isn't um but uh i i think all of your examples are good examples and like the witcher is legitimately 
adapted like they include a lot of elements from the books um and like yeah even, even if the story is is completely unique it's the world and the the magic system and everything is is lifted directly from the books and the main character is lifted lifted from the books too and a lot of the others too yeah like, yeah um yeah but uh and then yeah like telltale's walking dead game which was one of my options um is totally different characters for the most part but there are a couple of crossovers and um and it, it is the same world and it's the same tone like that i think is the most important thing is that it like represents the thing even if it's not um not doing so in a way that is uh is like one-to-one <clears throat> it's almost preferred because then it's something that you haven't seen before yeah what what are you thinking, Garrett? What's your your game choice here? Uh, well, I've got two. Well, I had oh that that's right. I wrote them down because I already forgot the second one. <laughs> so I've, I have two. <laughs> and surprise, surprise, they're both fighting games. Um, well, there have been a lot of good licensed fighting games. So oh yeah, yeah, and and I I was trying to think about this question right before recording and. I was trying to think of anything with a license and, and what I would like, you know, more story based game is, or, you know, is, are there real time strategy games like we talked about last week that are licensed <laughs> that I like? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, all, all kinds Star of Wars all one. kinds of different things. And, and I think about the things that I played the most and and what I put the most time into is, is fighting games other than MMOs, which aren't really licensed most of the time. So I would say for the, the top for me just because of my fandom uh is dragon ball fighters um yeah I, as i mentioned earlier this episode and on previous other episodes i i love dragon ball i like the source material i just recently reread all 28 volumes of the dragon ball z manga wow and uh started to try to rewatch the anime again and was like oh god so much filler there's just so <laughs> i don't have time i don't have time uh, so i kai. just i stopped yeah i could I, well, I could watch kai but um yeah and, and it's not that it has an amazing story um or or it's just so true to the source material i mean there are poses and moves and stills that are taken directly from the manga and the anime and and, and like the dramatic finishes are so oh, yeah. incredibly cool like mm-hmm. It's it's hard to overstate how many people got interested in fighting games because of this, because they were Dragon Ball fans. Uh, mm. But I also got interested in Dragon Ball because this game is so good and it just represents the source material so well and makes it look so cool. Um, it's just so fun. It's such a celebration. It's a labor of love, for sure. And I'm somebody who's played almost every single translated game that's come to the u.s uh, for dragon ball except wow. for the ones for nes <laughs> oh that's right um, but those oh, aren't they, translated they were never translated yeah, yeah they were never yeah. translated so well I, what, one of them was but it was renamed as some of the dragon ball game anymore. yeah yeah that one i re- i've seen footage of that one it looks utterly awful it is um <laughs> it, it didn't didn't they reskin like yeah it's not goku I th- I feel like there's a point where Master Roshi is like surrounded by a spinning wheel of women's underwear, uh, and they turn them into tacos for the, uh, <laughs> the American version. I think so. Wow. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
Yeah. Uh, because they're all triangular, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's teach it. Dragon Ball Fighters, if you like the source material or not, it's just a solid game. It's very fun. I've gotten, I've tricked a lot of people into uh, playing it with me and enjoying it as well, not even knowing what's going on. They're like, man, this looks good. And, and, and as I said previously, I've been looking for a great Dragon Ball fighting game. I've suffered through a lot of stinkers <laughs> over the years. And the Tenkaichi ones were pretty fun fun or no not tenkaichi sorry those are the arena fighters budokai the uh the ps2 era budokai games i actually played a lot of those that was my introduction to dragon ball believe it or not was was those three those were my my favorites and nothing could top those for a long time there were a bunch of modern ones but they all just had mechanics that were annoying or, or or whatever and i think that arc system works did an amazing job with the license of making a fighting game that's easy to learn hard to master um and still to this day i mean i don't remember the year it came out let me look that up while i ramble on but 17 i want to say so for evo um so this came out in 16 16 18 2018 sorry oh wow january 2018 so right at the beginning of 2018 so this game is Four years, almost five years old at this point, has had four seasons of content and an uh, extra DLC character that just came out that breaks the game, but we won't talk yeah. about that. <laughs> um, so this summer, I mean, a four-year-old, almost five-year-old fighting game is part of, of the main stage at EVO, and out of the nine games that are featured, um, it's still number six. Yeah, it it still resonates with uh, uh, the large fan base of the Dragon Ball franchise and people who just like fighting games. And it's still interesting and exciting to watch. So there's something to be said about a game, a, a game that has that type of staying power in a competitive scene, but also a licensed game that, <laughs> that has that staying power. Yeah. And I would say the game that's number one on the registration list for Evo uh, is probably got a significant amount of those those people uh interested in that game because it's the same developer as dragon ball fighters and that's guilty gear strive um because i i know of i know of people who are curious about guilty gear and like bought exerd rev 2 uh in mm. particular because they were just big fighters fans and they just wanted to see what else this developer made well, three of the nine games are from Arc System Works. You have, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, Dragon Ball Fighters, and Guilty Gear Strive yeah. are all it's three of the nine games are from the mm-hmm. same developer. And it's only because DNF Duel isn't out yet that yeah. it isn't on there. So, oh, definitely, and the various other projects that they're doing, and <laughs> the, so the fact that they continue to add rollback. So anyway, I, w- I won't go off that, but. <laughs> Dragon Ball Fighters is my favorite licensed game, um, not just because I played the most out of it, but also because I played the most out of any fighting game of Dragon Ball Fighters, and and I love that game to death. So yeah, that's yeah. that's my choice. Nice. It doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> what was the second game? Had to be that or MVC two. Yeah, and and this thing is with Marvel vs. Capcom. I have. Uh, I like it and it was it was core to me really enjoying fighting games at an early age but I, it didn't the mechanics don't resonate with me as much as some more modern games because I've actually had the time to sit down and, and learn them 
Um, but my my second choice, yeah. which is going to be really really brief, is the Injustice fighting games by oh, Netherroom cool. Studios. Okay. Yeah, mainly because fighting games don't really have like a really engaging story most of the time. It's kind of throwaway, or if it's it's kind of like you have to read the comics that came with it, or watch the video, or or whatever. It's not part of the fighting mechanics and injustice one and two i'm not a big dc comics fan um there's a few that i like i just don't really like the tone and the style of a lot of their a lot of their stuff it's just not for yeah. me but injustice was like oh my god playing the story mode of that was like watching something that rivals and even beats in some in some steps to like the marvel cinematic universe it's just it's darker. It tells like a much grittier story and you can go through with not really choices, but you can just like play as this character or play as this character. And some things end up different, not so much in one, but two really brings it home. Like it actually changes the ending of the game depending yeah. on who you played with before and who you end up finishing the game with. But, um, and, and yeah. it's, it does that in a way that is interesting and isn't just the typical superhero or even like MK versus DC sort of thing where, uh, oh, this good character got infected with something and now they're bad. Like, no, it's it's real people making choices and ending up on different sides of a conflict because of their values and their personalities. Uh, yeah. It's I, I've talked to folks who uh, are big into comic books and um, and who have said that the Injustice comic books that they made to tie into the games uh, were like some of the best comics that DC was making for a long time. They're very good. I've actually not played the game, but I've read a bunch of the comics, and they're, they're very good. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. I'll have to check them out. I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe they're written by Tom Taylor, who's a very good writer. Oh, neat. Yeah, and I've I played a lot of both of these games and have finished all of the, you know, 100%ed the story on both, not both sides, but, you know, all the different quote-unquote branching paths so that was my number two that i just kind of my honorable mention i think that netherrealm did a fantastic job not only with their engine but also with how they told the story of these superheroes um that are not ripping each other apart but are ripping each other apart because one of batman's super moves is literally like spearing somebody into the batmobile and then shooting them with a machine gun so who knows (laughs) (laughs) well i'll jump in next I've got a couple. I wrote this question down based on Nick's mentioning of the licensed games on the NES that he was curious about. And I said, that would be an interesting topic. So mm-hmm. I'll mention just very briefly. I'm not going to go into it. But my maybe my favorite. I'd have to think about it a little harder. But maybe my favorite licensed NES game is the Batman game. I think it's very not not Return of the Joker, but just Batman. I think it's a a very fun game. It's very challenging, but it's it's got a just a sweet wall grappling mechanic that's really fun. Everyone loves a grappling hook. So good, so fun. As far as my answer for this question, realistically, it's probably The Witcher Three, but it's not the one I'm going to pick. I've talked about The Witcher Three on here before i think we all have a number of times and how incredible it is so we don't need to get into it but my choice for this specifically as a licensed property is south park the stick of truth oh because Mm -hmm. it feels Mm -hmm. like you are in the show yeah and i'm not the biggest south park fan that's not to say i don't like it i just don't watch it 
but when I do watch it, I enjoy it. And this game, I think it might have been actually Garrett who recommended it to me a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I sat down, I played the game start to finish in like two days because I was just absolutely hooked and engaged and had time. And the it's hilarious. You know, it's it's got the creators of the show were heavily involved. So it's got the tone of the show is correct. All the characters are funny. The writing is just some of the funniest video game writing I've ever seen in my life. And it's got a actually a surprisingly mm-hmm. fun turn-based combat that yeah has really silly weapons and armor and stuff. But this was probably going to be what I was going to pick actually. And I'm nice. also not I'm also <laughs> not a big South Park fan. Um, but like yeah, the art style is perfect. The game is still fun, but it's also representative and has. Uh, has a lot of great little in jokes and references from the show. Um, there was a brief time in um, in college when uh, I think it was just a summer uh, when I had a roommate. Uh, I was not used to having roommates uh, anymore. Uh, I had been living on my own for a while, but uh, one of my high school friends needed a place to stay. And so he shared my room uh, at my place and uh that was that summer was when dark souls 2 came out so we both played a lot of that uh but i also watched him play almost all of the stick of truth and it's it is so funny it's so good what a what a fantastic game so what class did you pick uh i i haven't actually played it i kind of want to go oh play i should it. say what 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 uh, class did they pick i don't remember zach um, what class did you pick I'm trying to. I'm gonna look them up real fast. I I don't remember off the time. It's been a while since I played it, but let me look them up real fast. But I was just yes. gonna say, uh, for for Nick, you mentioned there's a lot of tie-ins to the show. What what makes it really great is that even if you aren't a massive fan of the show or you know all the the history, you still can get a ton of enjoyment out of it, like myself. Oh yeah. But if you're a fan of the show, there's so much stuff in there that's just will crack you up and yeah. And, I've probably watched every episode of South Park probably three or four times at this point. Okay. Wow. I love South Park. And I, and only because of my love of Dragon Ball, like <laughs> overshadowed the stick of truth. The, the stick of truth is an incredible game in its own right. But as a licensed thing, it is beyond, uh, it's, it's just great. If, if you even have yeah. heard of South Park and you like yeah. turn-based games, it's very short. Yeah, I think it. I think it took me like nine hours to beat or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really short. Yeah, I. Uh, it it says a lot that I'm not a fan of the show in particular, and I didn't even play it, and I was still like, it was on the short list to pick for best licensed game. Um, I don't. I think I picked Warrior Garrett to answer your question. I did not yeah. pick Jew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are yeah What are uh, the uh, What are the yeah. classes, Zach? Uh, so the classes are you've got warrior, mage, thief, and Jew. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. my friend picked mage. The best are the Jews. Uh, <laughs> the, the talent trees are just the best. The names. talent trees are amazing. Sling oh. of David, Jew Jitsu, <laughs> Circumcythe. Whirling Doom and Plagues of Egypt. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, this oh. game. If if we've talked before about how comedy is very hard to execute in a game, this game just had me rolling the entire time. It's so funny. 
the last boss, I think I was crying laughing at the end. <laughs> and I, I don't want to say because I, I truly believe like if you're curious about this, you can find it. It's very, very cheap. cheap. Yeah. And yeah, it I've, is I've forgotten fantastic. so much about it. I want to play it at this point. Oh, I, I actually so I, I bought a copy of um, the sequel, which I have not heard great things about. But the Fractured But Whole, which is just an incredible name. It is. It's great. Um, but I bought a copy of that for Xbox, which happened to come with a free digital copy of the Stick of Truth. So there you I go. Just nice. It. I've heard the uh, Fractured But Whole was good, but not to the same level. Is I haven't yeah. actually played it myself, but likewise same it, the combat system is different i haven't i've only played the first like hour but yeah it, it was just wasn't as strong it was a better video game but it was not as good story-wise and you know with all the it, it wasn't as tight of an experience as the first game yeah i i think the direct and, and heavy involvement of the creators is what led to it having such a good tone because if they were involved but more hands off, I think it probably would have been good. But the fact that I think there's there's lots of stories, if I recall, about that like how heavily they were involved, and I think after the game finished, they're like we're never making another fucking video game because of like how stressful it was. But then they did anyway. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's my pick. Yeah, that's a great pick. I I'm curious. Do you think Dungeons and Dragons games counts count as licensed? I mean, they have to be licensed by Wizards, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so easy pick for me. Favorite licensed video game is Planescape Torment. Mm-hmm. Um, open and shut. But there were a few that I wanted to bring up that are not my favorite, but I like a lot, and I think I probably like a lot more than a lot of people. Um, uh, the first one E.T. that came. Oh, uh, Dungeons well, and Dragons version. <laughs> this this is almost as maligned, I would say. Um. Uh, I have a weird amount of affection for um, uh, the Wanted video game. Do you remember that? I, I don't know that game. They had a video game? Yeah. That's it's like called... the Curve Bullets people, right? It is. Yeah. Uh, oh. And... Yeah. Oh. You're talking about the... Because that's from a comic book. It is. So it's a comic book that was made into a movie, which was made into a video game uh, called Wanted Weapons of Fate. It's by Grin, the people who made Bionic Commando Rearmed. And I also did not even Kana. know this game was a thing. It's it's shockingly fun. Um, it It's pretty one note. It's also quite short. It's like four hours, four or five. Ah. Um, if, if you know what you're doing, I suppose. Uh, but the it has the curving bullets mechanic where you basically lock onto a target and then you use the right stick to choose an arc like a trajectory for the bullet to follow and so <laughs> you are you are like arcing arcing the bullet in such a way that it'll go around cover and hit them um and it's just there's something satisfying about it that's just fun to go back to and it has a bunch of like uh skins where you can play as most of the characters in the game um it just it has a lot more content than despite being pretty short than you'd expect from just like this random licensed video game um, for, for a movie that didn't do very well. Um, they also and, made a Terminator salvation game, which I'm curious to try. Cause I heard that was also better than you would expect. Am I mistaken? I've, I think I own this comic, but I have not read it is yeah. wasn't the, cause it's a Mark Millar comic. So wasn't the main character inspired by Eminem like oh look wise like 
to to the extent that um I'm I'm pretty sure legal action was at least considered. Oh wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, likewise with Halle Berry and the um the deuteragonist, we'll say, um, the the love interest. <laughs> Bringing it back around. Um, wow. quite different yeah. from James McAvoy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. James James McAvoy and, and Angelina, Angelina Jolie. Jolie. Yeah. Uh huh. Is Samuel Jackson in this movie as well? I think so. Dude, that you could say that and probably seventy percent of the time be accurate. I don't. <laughs> That's I can't true. keep track anymore. Guy does a uh-huh. lot of work. Um, so I I like that game a lot more than than people should probably. Um, but uh, a- another one that I like more than a lot of people do is Ghostbusters, the two thousand nine one. Speaking of comedy in games, it's not nearly as funny as the Stick of Truth, but I think it's still reasonably funny and i just i just love the ghostbusters movies so uh, this is one i knew existed but i know nothing about it it's fun uh it was it was made with um with pieces of the scrapped ghostbusters 3 script from what i recall oh interesting significant involvement from dan Aykroyd, at least uh and so there was a bit of that creator involvement there not a ton but enough um and another one that I wanted to bring up because I don't think a lot of people know that it exists. Likewise, is Star Trek Elite Force. You're just it's, making up games at this point. I have no idea. Is is that a first person shooter? It is. I've played this game. Yeah, I think Elite Force Two is probably the one that I played most. But um, mm. uh, there, I I played a decent amount of it. Uh, LAN with my cousins at my uncle's place. He had a little um computer lab in his uh in his home because he's a programmer and so he had like six computers in a little lab and we just played six player LAN Star Trek Elite Force 2. Um how old is this game? Uh I oh, wanna man. say like early two thousands. It's like PS2 era. Oh, okay. I in my um, brain I'm picturing like a, a super Doom clone, but that's a little later than Oh that. yeah. Uh yeah, I know the first one was developed by Raven. Um, oh, interesting. They, they make good stuff. Uh, second one was 2003. And they're also on GOG. They are. So I've been considering going back to, to check them out, but I have a lot of nostalgia for for those games. Um, and they're for Voyager, or they're based on Voyager, which I don't have as much affection for as the next generation, but uh, I still like a lot, and it was cool to see that world. <sighs> represented the borg gun yeah oh yeah yeah see i played the campaign i never played i didn't even know it had multiplayer i played the campaign too and the borg were legitimately scary uh in part because if you killed them with a weapon they would adapt to that weapon and it would become less useful like do less damage to other borg huh. and so you had to switch it up and then there was a gun that that's a cool mechanic them. it's kind of neat Makes yeah. it so you're kind of like incentivized. That's the developers going, we implemented all these guns. We want people to fucking use them. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there was one that I think just did damage to Borg no matter what. That was like, you had to go find that. And then you could turn the tide a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, that game is surprisingly well done. I think it's two that I played the most of. But yeah, just wanted to highlight a few um, underappreciated gems 
you did just remind me we were talking about a licensed first-person shooter of a game I think is underappreciated. I have never finished it, mm-hmm. sadly, but I've put a good chunk of time into it, which is Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. Ooh, I don't think that's oh, underrated. Yeah. That is correctly rated as amazing. Let me, let me rephrase that. I think it's not under Like, people who've played it like it, but it doesn't get enough attention as like how good for how good it is. is what I'm, that's yeah. true true and if you're below a certain age which is it it is on the original xbox so yeah it's not like it's a new game but very good game when uh assault on dark athena came out it came with a remake of escape from butcher bay uh i don't remember assault on dark athena but i (laughs) clearly remember escape from butcher bay and playing that and loving it so yeah obviously that was the better of the two um yeah that game is great that was that was on my short list uh also also on the shortlist, Alien Isolation and Simpsons Hit and Run, which both are great representations oh, yeah. of their their media, mm. but I haven't played enough of either, uh, especially because I only just got a copy of Hit and Run. Hit and Run's the GTA-like one, right? It is. What's the one that was Crazy Taxi-like? I, I always get it mixed up in my head. Oh, uh, good road question. Rage? Road, road? Yes, that's the one. Simpsons Road Rage. That's the... That's the game. So also I, not bad. I did not play much of Hit and Run, but I played a lot of Road Rage, and that game was very fun. Much like Crazy Taxi, it's very simple but very, very fun. Yeah, yeah. Also pretty funny. The writing <laughs> in both Road Rage and um, Hit and Run, which I have watched a decent amount of, despite not having played it myself. Just, just great. Simpsons is great. Cartoons yeah. are great. And on that note. I think it is about time for us to call it. Um, let us know what your favorite uh, licensed games are. And if you think our picks are bad or not even licensed games, I'm sorry if you don't think that Planescape Torment <laughs> is a licensed game. But um, Too bad it is. It's or if bad. you really like Superman 64, tell us why. Yeah, I I want to know. I want to see into the brain that likes Superman 64 because it should be studied. You won't be able to see into it. There's too much green fog. That's true. <laughs> oh, that's good. But yeah, um how does everybody feel about this big sky beer, the summer honey? I don't really like it that much. I finished it in the entire time. Every sip that I took, I was like, this just tastes metallic to me the entire time, all the way through. Mm. And it Mm. could be the combination of the spices with the weird smell. I I don't know. But for for my taste buds, it just it really didn't do anything for me to the point where I was actually like, I'm just going to chug this and finish it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not super in love with it. The novelty wore off. Um, and the honey effect is still nice, but I don't necessarily need that from a beer. I think it's, it's not particularly exciting and it's downsides like the somewhat metallic smell. And like you said, I get a little bit of the metallic taste too. Um, who knows if there was just something weird with this batch of cans, but I think you're right that the spices sort of accentuate it. And yeah, yeah, I, I feel okay, and I kind of think that, I don't know, not that we have to quantify it, but like out of 10, if I if I was going to rate it out of 10, I would say it's about a 5 for me. It's, it's 
kind of like with my last pick, the Pixis. Like mm-hmm. it is a it is a beer. It's got like that pretty interesting spice and honey note, but I, I will agree with my co-hosts that it is fine. It's not anything that's like super special and, and that honey taste after a while kind of and as somebody who likes honey, it just kind of wears thin a little bit. I lost the honey taste after a while. Like it just I couldn't find it anymore. Well it's because you're drunk. <laughs> I would hope I'm not drunk after one five percent beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you just had drunk. one. I'm uh, yeah, halfway I drank, through. I drank two. I, I yeah. wasn't interested enough to crack the second can, so that's mm-hmm. that Fair. tells you my thoughts about it. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, I I I think one of you gave me a moose drool before, and I liked that. So I know the brewery makes some good stuff, but maybe this one just isn't for me. Yeah. We'll have to we'll have to check out Moose Drill at some point. Oh, da- I, no, I Daniel like gave it to me actually. Daniel gave it to me. Yeah, Who's Moose Drill's good. It's also just fun to picture a moose drooling into a can. Yeah, and it's a brown <laughs> ale, which makes it more funny. That's true. Uh yeah. Well, um, thanks for listening to this episode. Uh, like Zach mentioned before, if you have questions or any other things you want to interact with us about. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch from time to time at Cohops Podcast. Uh, you can also send emails to cohopspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, don't send us your government secrets or anything. Or do. That, or, or do, <laughs> but at least let us know that you don't want them read on the show if you don't want them read on the show or if you'd like to remain anonymous. Um, and you can find each of us on the internet in our own places, uh, where can we find you, Garrett? Uh, at gmake 16 on Twitter and Instagram. And how about you, Zach? I'm on Twitter at Zach has no pants. Zach with a K. Excellent. And I am at nprinzing on Twitter and at nicholas.prinzing on Instagram. Um, thanks for listening to another episode. Uh, it's, it's a long one, but uh, I think it's a good one. Uh, beer notwithstanding uh, and we look forward to seeing you next time goodbye goodbye